Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. I am just getting done with a... uh, Odd, interesting science conference uh, meeting, a zombie apocalypse medicine meeting, and where I got to have a fun way of doing science communication through the lens of various like apocalypse scenarios and types of uh, of skills that we'll need in the end times, and got to meet all sorts of wonderful. Uh, new friends, including my brand new friend, Tomash David Barrett, joining me today. Tomash, tell people about yourself and your research. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm a behavioral scientist. But before that, I'd just like to add something about this this conference, because it's, it's a conference about zombies. Yeah. And which has, I'm not sure whether you picked that bit up, it has this wonderful effect that all the idiots in academia who need to have a fancy name to the conference, can't come. (laughs) (laughs) So the the quality of the conversation was amazing because most people, not many people who otherwise you wouldn't really want to meet at the conference, are just not here. Right, right, right. All all the people that are into the jargony little... Yeah. Okay. It's called zombies. Actually, it's amazing science that was going on, but um, yeah. I'm going to, we're, we're sounding great, so I'm going to take these off uh-huh. for the look, because look at this beautiful <laughs> background and everything that we have here. So tell people about yourself, tell people about your work, your background. Yeah, so I am an interdisciplinary scholar, which means, it's not, it's not really interdisciplinary, I'm I, difficult to take, pin down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, rather than the methods, I am pinned down by the question. So I think about the evolutionary origins of the way our species and sometimes other species form social networks and then how we regulate those social networks. So our species, obviously we are a super mm-hmm. social ape. Um, we la- build large groups and these, in these large groups, the structure of the group matters. And that structure is the social network. Mm. We have an inherited ability and drive to build these social networks. And then part inherited, probably not quite clear, part, but definitely learned, drive to regulate our social networks, to change the structure. Mm. Yeah, so if I go, Shane, uh, we're having a dinner party tonight. Do you want to come over? Absolutely. Yeah, because so, there's gonna be there, uh, Kate, and you and Kate are going to get on like a house on fire. And right. I'm really, really right now when I'm, I'm inviting you, I'm engineering the social network around me. Right. So I'm asking you basically to drop another friend, and for Kate to drop another friend, so that my social network gets more integrated. Yeah, yeah. And we do this all the time. Okay, so so now you you've you've built this coalition of yeah. of uh, of people. I don't even know this Kate person, but I I have all of these 
amazing comedic and science communication skills that is valuable for you to network <laughs> with and Kate. Yeah, no, it's not necessarily the skills that I'm after in this case. Okay. What I'm after is a more integrated, interconnected personal social network. Okay. So it's not necessarily, although, I mean, amazing science communication. I have so Kids, much. To, wow. I have so much to add yeah, wow. to your social network. <laughs> but it's it's not it's not who is in the network. We we regulate that as well, and we we engineer that as well. It's what is the interconnectedness mm. of of people in our social network. If it's more interconnected, then we are going to feel safer. We are going to be more cooperative. Others are going to be more cooperative. There's going to be more trust. Mm. So a lot of times when people get lonely in these in these modern societies, uh, what happens is that they have enough social connections, friends, but the social connections are not connected to each other enough. Their friends aren't friends with one another. Exactly. So, so uh, uh, Kate and I um, becoming friends is going to, now that we're friends, we're, we're going to... Um, in our friendship, kind of have have you in mind a, a little bit more. Have me in mind, but also because there's going to be a close triangle, mm -hmm. everybody's going to be more cooperative. Okay. Because there's a little space to, to cheat on the other or free ride on the other. We, we are much less inclined to do that when there's a lot of shared friends, yeah? Because friends gossip. Mm. Probably this is one of the main functions of gossip friends gossip so i don't want to be the subject of a negative gossip i'm going to be excluded everybody will think that i'm a cheater so they will not play nice with me uh, and so this is why the trust is coming from a highly interconnected network hmm. because everybody will play safe uh, play nice i uh, see and and that's i feel then i feel right i'm i'm safe hmm. socially safe if we if we are separated into a lot of different connections, but they're not connected to each other, then they might still sort of play nice because there's the law or some rules, but not because they because of this particular social network structure. Mm. So we feel lonely. So a lot of urban loneliness, a lot of old age loneliness is at the core of the lack of interconnectedness of the social network. Mm. So if I'm if if I'm just friends with you and you have a party and I don't show up with anything, but I drink all of your beer or wine or, or whatever, and then, and then leave, that's like a one-off thing. But if I'm also like friends with Kate and I do this when she has a party as well, and then like you guys kind of talk and they're like, Hey, have you noticed that when Shane comes over, he so never actually him. brings yeah. anything and he just drinks all of our wine and stuff. And, le and, and so because, because we're so interconnected there, there's just, we all kind of, um, ha have to, uh, adhere to a higher social standard sort of, or. Because we are all interconnected. This news that Shane is a free rider will yeah. go around. Okay. And at one point, Shane will not get invited. Right, right, and right. Shane will probably not understand why he's not invited. Because it's going so well. 
They're always giving me all this wine. I expect nothing in return. I take it. I leave. It's a great friendship. Yeah. I think many, many of us know people. A little closer. Many of us know people like this. Yeah. Yeah. Who, and sometimes the actual person doesn't really know, or maybe not entirely aware of the of the of the norm violation and the image, the reputation that is happening around them. Because maybe they haven't learned the this skill, yeah. But anyway, we monitor this. Uh, another way of seeing how we monitor: imagine that you talk to an old friend, and you, on after a year, you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, what's going on with you?" And then you're gonna recount to each other the last year's events: breakups, new loves, jobs, whatever. Yeah. At one point, you sort of run out of this, both of you. And what happens then? Then you will start going down the shared friends list. Mm. How about Jack? Have you heard about Jack? No, really? Did he do that? So we, 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 we actually update ourselves. And in that, we update not only that whatever was happening with Jack, we update ourselves, we re reinforce that we have Jack in between us. Yeah, We have all these others who connect us. So we sort of reinforce our assessment of each other of being connected in many different ways. And that automatically triggers cooperative behavior, lack of lack of becoming a, a, a free rider. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I and and you're kind of so you're looking at these networks and sort of mathematically modeling them. Yeah. Yeah. So so the what happened to humanity the last to 300 years is that the number of children born in a family has decreased. And with that, the available family members, and not necessarily only siblings, but cousins, second degree cousins, in-laws, these available family members, they were just not born mm. because the family sizes are small. And when they're not born, the network around us changes because friendship networks are less likely to be interconnected than kinship networks. Right. And, and then plus friendship network, even if they are interconnected, you have to work on it. Yeah. A kin network is, is given to you. You're born into it. Some of us are trying, we're fleeing from it. But so if, if we're brothers, it's just a given. We're brothers exactly. for life. And, exactly. and if Kate's our sister, then we have yeah. this this kind of given yeah. interconnected network that exactly. we, we don't really even uh, need to think so much about like, is this person cheating? Are they yeah. taking advantage? There's more of this kind of kinship altruism. There, there's a kinship, but, but the important thing here is that the kinship altruism is not necessarily because we are related to each other. Mm. The, it's there for a very, for siblings it is, but beyond siblings to cousins, it is there because we happen to be a very highly interconnected kin network. Mm. And, and that is what is what changes when we shift to friendship-based societies. So suddenly we- Just simply because more mutual people in the network know this cousin of yours. Exactly, they, they have cousins like, as well. Right, because yeah. so now me, you and Kate all know the same cousin. Exactly. They know exactly. us. Okay. Exactly, and these are fixed for 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 us for us for life. 
Mm-hmm. So, not everybody in traditional societies, not everybody is a is a relative, but uh, three quarter of an average average hunter gatherer's social personal social network, two thirds three quarter have some kind of tag of relative, and then the others are, are non relative friends. So it's it's not that hunter gatherers don't have friends. It's just in these societies, friendship is ninety percent, ninety five percent. Mm. And those networks are very different networks. Very similar, not only fertility, falling fertility, so falling family size, but urbanization, moving to cities have, has a similar effect. Uh, migration, when you migrate away from the others, has a similar effect. Uh, deadly wars and epidemics have similar effects. Mm. Uh, and when that happens, we are, we, ha- we are challenged, yeah? because suddenly the interconnectedness drops, and with the dropping interconnectedness, cooperation is not obvious. Free riding a bit more often present. Trust goes down. And we feel awful. Yeah. Because we are the kind of social apes who like living in a highly interconnected social network when, when we are loved. And so that's so it's, it's super interesting. So we understand a little bit about where kin networks, friendship networks come from. We understand a little bit about uh, how these build up in a structure. And then then we also suddenly have a new understanding about where where law comes from, where crime comes from. Wait, where where what comes from? Law. 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 Okay. (laughs) (laughs) English is your fourth language, right? So you... Still speak it better than me, yeah, no, but, but there's a couple words here and there like, okay, no, law. No. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, so when I say things, people say, wait, what was that? Did, did you just say warsh? <laughs> My kids make fun of me. My kids' first language is English, and, and they make, make fun of me because there are some, some things I don't hear. Uh-huh. So there's, there's a, you know, the, the wooden rack on which you pack things when you are packaging things, mm. the pallet. Mm-hmm. And the and the painter's palette, and the painter's palette. Yep. Yeah. So this I can't hear the difference between this. So if you say palette and pat, uh, I, I can't hear the difference. Huh. Yeah. So there are some things that are, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. for everybody. Right, exists, right, yeah. right, right, right. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so side comments. Uh, yeah. So uh, so so in in these um, in these disconnected um, in like metro areas and, and yeah. things where where these connections aren't a given because even though there's far more people around, they're more transient passing right. kind of uh, connections and right. and and just because you're making a new friend on the street, that person doesn't necessarily know all of your other yes. network and. Yeah. And so because of this, this this increases the need for things like laws? Yeah. So law, if you think about what in this framing, what law is. Uh, <laughs> you say it anyway. <laughs> I didn't mean to get you in your head. No, I just okay. I, uh, wanted clarity. Uh, so the, the, what, what law is, uh, what legal systems are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> when you when you look at it, it's... What it does, it takes away the strategic element of cooperation. Okay. Yeah. So when two friends cooperate with each other, it it has a strategic nature. I don't cheat you, you don't cheat me. 
I, I build up a reputation by not cheating you. I build up a network, a reputation in the simplest of network because there are just two nodes and one edge. Yeah. One relationship, yeah? In a larger network, I build up a, net, a re cooperative reputation uh, among many, a, repu a general network reputation, yeah? And all of these are strategic cooperation, and we evolved to have strategic cooperation, and one of the bypasses is probably that we like each other, yeah? yeah? So I don't have to think about cheating Shane or not, we just spend time together, we hang in the hot tub and the pool together, we are friends, yeah. we are friends, I don't cheat my friends, yeah? So when, when we interact with each other, not because of this strategic interaction, but because we, I would be punished by the law if I was not interacting with you. It's not, it's not this, uh, ungrats, uh, Oh, so there, there are some behavior in which they are just next to, they do stuff, let's say a lot of Angra zebras will be, we do stuff that, that they do for themselves, but not as it happens to be good for the other. Yeah. So this biologists call this a mutualism. So law, legal systems, change turns us from a strategically cooperating species is almost like, grazing animals, yeah? And that, that is not something that we understood until, or at least I understood, until we had this framing of what happens to the social network. Yeah, and that, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm curious, because I've, I've often thought, you know, um, when I think about something like love, which is what I, uh, yeah. Thought maybe I was mishearing it for when I, which is you know um, potentially one might one might say that love is this evolved emotional contract is, yeah. that you're that you're kind of yeah. finding between um, yeah you know this this maybe this Kate and I fall fall in love and and now we have this thing we. We're we're no longer looking for other mates, and I'm not trying to yeah. like one up one because we have this yeah. contract between us, and um, it, but then you start getting law involved and in having people sign these yeah. contracts and stuff, and and now you can kind of uh, uh, now now that it's like this weird thing on paper. Now you look through it and you can kind of find loopholes. And, and now the this evolved emotional contract maybe isn't as um, yeah. necessary or yeah. powerful. It's in very a, interesting that you brought love in. Yeah, because love is a is there are several things odd things about exactly that marriage concept that you put forward. Yeah, so. Uh, Patriarchy evolved or emerged about 11 times on the planet, independent from each other, following similar logic. And every one of them invented the kind of marriage concept in which you are, the kind of marriage concept in which you are restricted. And the sort of the point of it, that when you would want to split up, you can't. Yeah? Like, just think about it. Why would we? agree to a contract that is only important when we don't want to have it anymore, yeah? And so these are, these are invented, and why? The reason is because when you have in-laws, it, it, it extends the highly integrated part of the network. So 
here's something that blew my mind the first uh, it occurs, yeah? Mm -hmm. If you are an apple tree, you do not need Hold to... Hold on, let me think about that for a while. I'm already, I'm already blown away thinking about but, being an apple tree. Uh, wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, because, because, no, no. If you're an apple tree in blossom, and now we get to come to the... Okay, no, okay. think about it, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> a blossoming apple tree. Okay. So if you're an apple tree in blossom, yeah. you're not going to check with anybody whether who sh you should pollinate with. Yeah, you let little buzzers come around, so, Mm -hmm. Apple is coming, yeah? Uh, a chimpanzee will not check with her mom who they, they should mate with, yeah? Our species has introductions to parents. Why? Because we, are going, we want to make sure that the cooperation between our new partner and our own family is going to work. Mm. But not only that, we have family introductions when we, we introduce the two families to each other. Like, how odd is that? I mean, you fall in love with Kate, and before you decide whether she's going to be the right person, you're going to check whether Kate's brother and your sister like each other. Why? No other species does this. So that is a, an actual moment when you are assessing the, the consequences on the social network structure because you're going to have these in-laws and the in-laws will, not only you are going to inter, um, recognize each other, but your, your family and their family will recognize each other across. So a lot of new connections are, if you think about Romeo and Juliet, yeah? Romeo and Juliet, by the way, behaviorally, Perfectly. There's there's no evolutionary behavioral science error in it. Yeah, really cool actually. Yeah, what happens? There are these two teenagers, and they like each other a lot. They smell the right kind of immune compatibility. Uh, they assess each other for for gene quality. Both of them look fantastic. Uh, they assess each other for future uh, uh, parenting compatibility. Whether they're going to be good parents together. The only thing that's missing is that the families don't like each other. But they say, you know what? This is going, all the other, your, your disease burden cues are so low. Your gene con quality is so high. Uh, you know, all the other factors are so good. Well, we better just leave this whole social network, family interconnecting network behind and move to the, that on somewhere else. And the tragedy is an accident. It's a misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. So everything up until then works. Well. So we, we had this idea that if this is true, then people, we should expect that people check the compatibility of the families when they choose somebody for a long-term relationship, mm -hmm. but not a short-term one, yeah? For a one night stand, it doesn't matter. But for a, <laughs> a, a long-term one, it matters. So we ran- That we, would be fun to be <laughs> all the whole fam family before one night stand, or afterwards wants. you give a, de a, a debrief. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is a, I, I see where you're going yeah. with this. This is- And we tested that yeah. uh, in seven languages, a big Southeast Asian, South Asian, two European, giant European samples, three European samples and a South American sample. And it turns out that everywhere, independent of gender, independent of age, 
and where you, which culture you are in, you are in, everybody checks for the long-term relationship. And if you want to have another insight from you that's something you know, think about when you choose someone and you decide this, it works, what do you do? How does the marriage start? Um, a wedding. Yeah, right. And you yeah. get the two families and what is together. Yeah, wedding's a gathering of the two families. And, and what the do two they different, do? Uh, uh, you have one-on-one side. Yeah. people. Yeah. Drink together, Dance. bones people. Dance together, bones people. Tell supernatural narratives about imaginary agents, bones people. Yeah. Yeah? So you have the cheapest operationalization of the new in-law connections. So though weddings are expensive, it's much cheaper compared to individually operationalizing those new new connections. I you never see? thought you about see? weddings being no one's ever made a convincing case of weddings being a bargain before. That is that's brilliant. I, because because this is you know I would have so what what's so interesting about everything that you're presenting is is that this is a this is a slightly different narrative than than what you'd read about in Richard Dawkins' Selfish Gene, which is just, it's as simple as, we're siblings, we share half of our genes, that's why we're cooperating. Yeah. Uh, well, a cousin that we have is one-eighth related to us. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then these like orphanages where like these kids end up like cooperating for life. Yeah. This is, this is more like a byproduct of like a, a mental hiccup of how we recognize relatedness. Yeah. And, and you, you're saying it's more of simply a, a proximity, um, so, thing so with what, it. what is interesting about it is not so, so. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of muddling. The, these are no, these no, are no, ideas no, no, I'm no, trying this, to. This is great. So, so I'm in the process of publishing this. So I'm, I'm, I'm I think, uh, have a, I think eight papers out. Another uh, eleven are uh, almost ready already. Uh, and it's called. Well, talk to me when you get to twelve, and then yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I'll take <laughs> you seriously. It's called. It's, uh, it's called the microfoundation theory, but actually, it started. It's called the. Uh, it's, it's called the micro. Sorry, I didn't speak like this. Yeah, uh, okay. it's called the microfoundations theory. Microfoundations, okay. structural microfoundations of the society, because I couldn't think of a normal term. So now it's mm -hmm. microfound. Shortened to microfoundations. That's <laughs> an awful name, but that's the only thing I have. So it all started. Um, 2013, a friend of mine invited me to give a talk about the uniqueness of of social uh, of of human made choice, and it was like more than six months month, months ahead. So I said yes, uh, and and then two weeks before the talk, I was putting together the slides, and I realized that I can't think of a single made choice factor in humans that is not there in another animal which was sort of a problem if your 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 your, your talk is on the uniqueness of the human matrix factor mm. so I, I called her i said oh no um uh, can we change the title and she said well no because it's the posters are all up around helsinki and by the way this is the largest lecture hall of finland mm. Shit. <laughs> so i had two weeks to find something unique about the human matrix and i was working on some kinship models 
and I real I realized what we just discussed. Yeah, mm. that there must be they must be checking the, each other each other out. So bigger built a big and presented that as a question. Yeah, this should be uh, the uniqueness, but we don't have data yet. And then built a the big big uh, this big uh, survey experiment in seven languages, whatever, to test this. And what we found is that people do take it take into account the complementarity of the two families. But the reason uh, you haven't quite seen this yet, because there was one other question that bugged me for seven, eight years that stopped me. So there was one question in which I wanted to see how much people actually allocate resources to, to, to family members based on relatedness. And so the, the question was that you get $1,000 uh, it's an imaginary thousand dollars. It's a lottery winnings, and you decide you're going to allocate it uh, to kids in the family, and you could choose your child, and your siblings' child, your first degree cousin's child, the second degree cousin's child, and the third degree cousin's child. So these are all direct relatives. You can give it to your spouse's siblings' child, your spouse's cousin's child, so they are in-laws. Or you could give it to your your siblings' spouses, siblings' child, your siblings' spouses' cousins' child. They're very nice because you have, these are inverse inverse relatedness. And and what 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 came out is that people allocated and the, all of these different languages that were different currencies, of course, locally, whatever. It was a meaningful answer and. And what, what came out is that people allocated the, the, the resources, these thousand dollars, the lottery winnings, exactly by how many steps in this, in this kin network those kids were from them. In exactly that, that was driving, driving it, and including the, the in-laws, inverse relatedness. So you go down your child, up to your spouse, up to up to your spouse's moms and dads, down to the spouse's sibling, down to the child. You can just simply add, count these edges. And that was what drive, drove the allocation. So I, very proudly, I wrote a paper, Inclusive uh, Fitness, Hamilton, you know, the same as, as, uh, as uh, uh, inclu inclusive fitness from Hamilton. I called it a final inclusive fitness. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I actually, I have no to, more work on this. Uh, Finish. And, and I have, no, a final is a final, not a final. Oh. A, fi a final means in law. Oh. In, in law inclusive fitness. What's that word? A final. A I've never heard it before. I and I'm not, I'm not one to turn uh, yeah, to for I, a big I, vocabulary. I, 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 uh, I made a mistake because actually I didn't know it before I I, I learned about kinship, so it's okay. a jargon. Um, and and I live 200 meters from Hamilton's grave, so I had these really ridiculous things of finishing the paper, sitting next to the grave. I was very proud of myself. I sent it into some journals, uh, and five reviews came back, and all the five five reviews said, "Tomash, you idiot." Read Dawkins' 12, 12 misconceptions. Uh, I think it's misconception seven. So basically, if you have a choice between your own child and your sibling's child, you should give everything to your own child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Right. Like it's, it was a stupid, stupid error, which is great. 
But then why the hell are people allocating it exactly in this, that line? Right. So whole micro foundation theory came from trying to understand why is this allocation? And the micro foundation theory then says kinship, not the, not the sibling kinship. Sibling kinship is, is inherited, but all the other kinship is linguistic and it's a network heuristic. It's a way, it's a, kinship is a social technology with which we track the network interconnectedness. Mm. And this is why kinship goes away when family size falls or we, or with the urbanization. Because suddenly that, net, that network is not, not important anymore. So we drop the second cousins, then we drop the first cousins, yeah. And then we keep the siblings because that's the regulated the different inherited mechanism. Right. Huh. That, that, I mean, that's, I, I'm blown away by the, by the marriage thing. Cause I, I've always, <laughs> it's really, I've never liked going to weddings very yeah. much. Oh. And I've, I've, I've just, I, I've just never, um, I've just never liked the like big rich. It's always seemed like a little silly yeah. and like kind of awkward and stuff. And it's so interesting to think because because from from just like a simple genetic perspective, you'd think, well, of course, you know, like if I'm if I'm vibing with Kate, uh -huh. I want to like meet her, um, you know, uh, uh, like uh, most proximate family. I I want to meet, you know, her. Maybe her sibling. I, I want to size up her parents, see if her mom's hot. Maybe see if her dad's hot. Maybe, maybe this, uh, this is this is how I'm going to determine if those genes are going yeah, to yeah, help yeah, out yeah, my yeah. genes and uh -huh. and see what their parenting uh -huh. skills are. But the idea of getting together all these cousins <laughs> and all these <laughs> that <laughs> is and a divorce for you before one night stand. But that. Your your the the explanatory power of what you're saying makes this make a lot more sense now. That that that. Do you want more on this? Of course. Um, uh, so the question of frame the question framing was between a one night stand and getting married to someone. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was all in a heterosexual setting because it was easier to set it up like right. that. Right. And and. And what happened was that some, so the hypothesis was that this is going to be the, the interconnectedness of the, the, the compatibility of the two families will work in the, in the long term, in the getting married to setting, but will not be important in the one night stand as we discussed. But one group of people assess uh, a little bit the compatibility of the, the families even in a one night stand setting. Can you guess who they are? People that are <coughs> worried they're closely related or something? Oh, yeah. So Iceland. So in Iceland, that would be there. But it's not a compatibility check. It's a relatedness check. But the, I, you have me stumped. So when you, Kate, and, and you and Kate will meet tonight. Okay. For a one-night stand. And it's, it's, it doesn't quite work out. Okay. You know, then maybe you move on and then you, you decide, oh, this is going to be fun to have a one-night stand together. One of you going to check it out, think about the possible compatibility, and the other will not. I'm stumped. Mm -hmm. Women 
take the long-term matrix factors into account a little bit in a one-night uh, oh. setting, including this one. Just like going along with the minimal parental investment stuff, or so they check out the women actually. So we saw in the survey that uh, that women take for women it's important even for a one night stand setting because not female one night stand I suspect or this data suggests is not entirely one night stand. It could, it could be, you know, there's a little chance that it's coming. Whereas male one-night stand, the data shows, is a one-night stand. Oh, yeah. I, I see, I see, yeah. I see. So, uh, okay. So, uh, so, so from, from the, like, uh, just general heteronormative female perspective. Yeah. Um, there, uh, it it may go beyond this, e yeah. even if like the the one night stand thing. Okay, if it ends up being that fine, but also pr probably if 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 uh if just on average, if a female is looking for one night stand, she's possibly assessing more than that. Oh, not possibly. We see the data. Def definitely possibly, assessing. Uh, uh, assessing a little bit, a tiny bit, yeah? Ass assessing the possibility uh, assessing of that the going. What happens, and there's a little assessment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, so, so basically, even for one night stands, uh, there's a tiny little assessment of, well, a, a little bit of the two families. Mm -hmm. uh, and males don't do this. That that checks out. I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I, I mean, I've... I've spent I've spent a, a long time passionately trying to understand um, the female brain as well as I could, and I I, I still uh, I I will die having not learned enough. But um, from what I know, that 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 Check checks that. out <laughs> some. Yeah, it it resonates. Huh. Well, it, so. Now let me ask, ask you a few things because. I, I'm so confused about. So why hasn't this happened in other species? Is, is this? Do you think this is yeah. very much related to humans' language ability? That, that this, that, but why? It, it, because it's. Uh, my understanding is, because there's not that many species anywhere near as social and cooperative as humans are right and then I mean, you social insects are i mean you could argue that if you don't reproduce at all but you're basically part of the body almost like being a cell in yeah. our bodies that's super social yeah, it's yeah. difficult to compare insects to primates because they're a different kind of sociality but kin based kin based cooperation needs needs you to figure out who the kin are yeah? And there are a lot of different solutions to this. Yeah? The cheapest and stupidest solution are some birds that have simply proximity-based kinship. If you bump into somebody often, probably well, it might be somebody. These are, these are birds who then don't go very far away from the nest. Uh -huh. yeah? So it's not a bad guess. It's not a very precise guess. But a fairly cheap guess. Yeah, you don't have a large. Close brain. enough. The problem with with birds and brains, you have a small bird, a very large brain, as heavy, and you go flight as 
so you can right, right. parrots. Like you, well, the small birds are, have to be larger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, some birds are super smart, um, um, so it takes us another question. Uh, Corvids uh, or something yeah, yeah, yeah. that are Corvids, parents. and they're pretty social. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, and then there's some other ways uh, of you can have a, a genetic marker. Yeah, some some corals use this, that you actually have a piece of your DNA, and you send out a piece of your DNA, which actually will be a great marker. So if somebody another coral is nearby. If they mm. match, there's going to be, then say, okay, hey, yeah, hello. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we use uh, these genetic markers in assessing uh, immune system compatibility. When we Major histocompatibility. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When we kiss someone uh -huh. or we get really close. On YouTube, you can go to YouTube and have you seen any of these first kiss videos? No. There's a fantastic set of first kiss videos. Go for the, uh, the highest, one with the highest count, because that was done really well. So they had some people come in and agree to go and kiss each other on the, on the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, and they saw each other's pictures, and, uh, but never met. So you go in and then in front of you, there's a, a white space and there's a camera, respectfully a bit further away. And there's an, another human being that you agreed to kiss for the first time. It's fascinating what happens because people go in and, and, and you, you see like this bit of the mate choice that has to do with smelling the MHC without knowing it, which is something we don't know with smell, but with checkout. You know what people do? They go, uh, look, look, look at this, yeah? So people will go there, and then often before they kiss, they say, wait, wait a minute. And then do a bit like this. They sample a little bit. Uh, like swirling the wine yeah, glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except they just can't swirl the other's head. <laughs> <laughs> so they swirl, swirl their noses, yeah? Really? And, and then, yeah, and then they kiss. And then you can actually see when it doesn't work. Because some of them, I, I, some of them didn't work, and you can see that that they're sort of they're kissing, but it's just the pull of something is not working. I presume it, in this case it was the MAC, uh, and then and and then, uh, but then when it works. I mean, some of them is magic. Yeah, they come in, look into each other's eyes, they smell a little bit, they start kissing, and then two strangers in 15, 20 seconds. When they stop kissing, they stand next to each other and they're already a couple. I mean, just the speed of this is mind-boggling. Yeah, so, anyway, so, yeah. so the other way of sniffing out who's related, we don't use it for relatedness, we use this for, for immune system compatibility. Uh, other species, salmon, uh, anyway, so other species use this uh, molecule, uh, very why, why they're using it. And then there is another way of, of, of telling uh, who is who's related to you is it's it's a version of the of some of these birds proximity it's called development go ahead salmon okay that, yeah yeah salmon 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 uses it uh uh uses the same molecule but but some not for social not for not for social oh okay because yeah. i just gotta say yeah, yeah. with any other patterns i was like Where? what i want to say is that this is used for in several different ways yeah okay, okay. uh so um, uh, apes, including you, figured out that, so the, the proximity is super cheap, but 
very imprecise. The genetic bit, the gen having a bit of your genes, is super precise, but extremely expensive. Because you basically just let it out in the air. Mm. Yeah? Super expensive to produce because large molecules, yeah? I'm just leaking my genes everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's an expensive thing to produce. Okay. So, uh, so you can have a version of, of the bird trick, but focused on when, the proximity when. So uh, apes, including, including humans, have developmental proximity. So we recognize who, relati who our relatives are by being near, by being a lot together when we are kids. Yeah, yeah. The Western Mark, Edward Western Mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the Western Mark effect. So that is the, the inherited bit of kinship. And then we are the only species that can create kinship with language. So why, why, how do you know that your brother is related to you? You grew up together. How do you know that your second cousin is related to you? Your mom said so. Yeah. So we have both of these two kinship concepts. If you think about it, anthropologists murder each other over, over kinship, you know, but they don't, the, the core is that there are, there are these two different kinds of kinships and one doesn't go away and is driven by the Hamilton's inclusive fitness mechanism, the Western mark, the close uh, kinship, the, the, the development of uh, proximity-based kinship. The other one is a, is a network management social technology that can go away and, and varies dependent on what kind of network we, we're lucky to have in a particular habitat. It's a lot to take in. This is wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of share some of the... Uh, we, we love um, on the show exploring some of the differences uh, between uh, the environment that we evolved in and kind of for, maybe for is not the right word, but the environment, the environment that we evolved in and, and our ancestors spent a long time. Um, uh, and, and then the rapid change that's happened yeah. uh, recently. And you kind of, you kind of started this episode right. um, talking about this, this shift that happened recently. Yeah. So, so what what are the implications of of the because because not only did you said three hundred years ago or so that there there was this drop off in infertility it's and then in France uh, there's a bit of a debate but let's say two three hundred years ago then in Western Europe uh, the first time the fertility was measured for all of humanity was 1960 then it was 5.2 kids per woman mm -hmm. of course a lot of those children died. So it's, uh, it's about three, let's say, depending on what age, but let's say 3.8 3 kids that grew to adulthood. So that was the period of extremely rapid population growth. And now this year is 2.6. Mm -hmm. So from, it's gone down from, in 60 years, it's gone down from 5.2 to 2.6. And almost every society on the planet is somewhere in this, in this, on this, on this transition curve. The last in is South Korea, where the number of children per woman, an average woman, is already less than one. Wow. Yeah. And so this has shifted um, these networks um, quite a bit from these these kind of more stable given yeah. relatedness networks to now you're in a metro, a metropolitan area, you're in a city trying to... you're. You're choosing your networks, but they don't—they don't necessarily 
um but which i i like that i i like i like the getting to choose the people in the network but but i'm i had never before meeting you considered the idea of uh, also those people that you choose needing to be connected to one another for it to be a more stable network yeah yeah and there's a host of consequences to this so i think we can tell a new story around where what fake news is we can tell a, a new a new story about uh small worlds that suddenly the world is uh, seems to be a different shape and we also have a new question so this is the first time that we can meaningfully ask how to wire 7.8 billion individuals of a species around the planet. And if you think about it, our our species never been in this. You, it couldn't. We couldn't have possibly asked this question any any time up until like a decade ago. And there's no other species for this can be meaningfully asked. So as far as we know, the only time in the universe that this this problem, this question emerges, and with that a problem emerges, is is now for our species. So, and you know, 7.8 billion people is a lot of people, yeah? So my favorite, I, I'll tell you the, the, how I think about it and you can cut, cut it up because if it's too long, but the way I, I think about it is that, that um, Madonna uh, at, at her, I mean, she had many, many heights, yeah? But uh, she, she had her, 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 uh, largest concert in Paris yeah when she had but she had 140,000 people yeah so i mean we tend to have a few hundred social connections yeah so each one of us in our lives probably even with shifting friendships will not have more than 1500 uh, say people, yeah. So, so this is a hundred, hundred times more. You'd have to have hundred people with all the people they ever have a meaningful social connection, and not overlapping to fill that stadium. Hundred and forty thousand people, yeah. So she gave that 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 concert. Uh, Reagan was the the head of the Soviet Union. Uh, the United States, this country. Uh, Gorbachev was the head of the Soviet Union, yeah. Imagine that she would give the same concert again next day. 140,000 people, a lot of people. And the day after, the day after, until the, the war comes down, that separated us. I grew up in Hungary. Uh, and the day after, and then Clinton gets elected. And even the day after Clinton gets elected, there's another concert. 9-11, the day before 9-11, there's a concert on that day, and there's a concert on the day after, up until today another concert every night 140,000 people and tomorrow and and the day before you die and the day you die the day my kids die the day my grandkids die the day my grandkids grandkids die every night a different 140,000 people until the middle of summer 2151.
That's how many people there are on the planet. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, and 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 now we uh, we actually can connect. We can ask the question so many how to them. wire them, how to wire ourselves. We can meaningfully ask this. Yeah. And one one answer was coming from from this um, with manipulation capturing our friendship making process and and for a political goal so now we're gradually seeing a rise of separate social networks separate truth systems i mean increasingly the the conservative right in turkey has more to do with the conservative right in mexico than with the turkish left mm. Yeah? That's so, interesting. So that's one, yeah, yeah. One, one way of its emerging, uh, a globally split social network with separate truth systems. Right, right. Yeah? But but this is not necessarily the only way. Hmm. Uh, well, so so you you were kind of saying early on that as that as these new systems um that aren't as connected um take off there that that allows for a lot more a lot more cheating if if kate and i uh don't know each other it, it's it it allows for a little more cheating a little more need for laws um that sort of thing ad infinitum um until you get to nearly 8 billion people so it, i i mean what what does that what does that mean for <laughs> how do you connect it does that mean uh more and more of a need for unified like a global policy or something like that does does that mean that crime is just going to keep on increasing and there's not much to be done about it even though crime seems to be going down yeah i mean the crime is going down because crime is going down because because um we replaced we figured out tricks mm -hmm. in which our friendship networks can be highly connected one obvious trick is that we choose our friends who are very similar to us and if they choose their all our friends choose each other who are very similar we will have these similar circles that's one trick mm -hmm. uh, another one is law law legal systems uh, emerge and they reduce crime we, we don't it's not a real kind of cooperation but with that if they're efficient they're going to work uh, but global governance the need for global governance doesn't come from this possibility of wiring the Eight billion people. It comes from the fuck-ups that we have right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if we are not going to do anything, the biosphere is is. I mean, it's in, already in the process of collapsing. Yeah. Climate change is the easy problem because we know more or less what to do. We just haven't got our our shit together to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the collapsing biosphere, we don't even quite know what to do. And we are in the in the process of it. We are in the process of one of the six largest collapse of life in the history of life, mm -hmm. which is which is now in the public domain. So we discuss it. What we are not discussing is that this is also by far the current collapse is by far the fastest collapse. So if mm -hmm. you collapse, compare the current collapse's speed to the fastest collapse of the biosphere in the history of life. 
it's about a thousand times faster. So a thousand times faster is is, an, is a, a fighter jet. How much faster a fighter jet is 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 flying compared to mosquito? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's so. If you are imagine that that, that yeah. uh, you're in the park, and yeah. and uh, and the toddler starts walking to you, and the other from other end of the park is walking towards you uh, with a knife. Yeah. And yeah. I guess they will stab you. Huh? Yeah. Imagine that that toddler is a fighter jet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Flying towards you. So right. we should be panicking every day. Our kids get it. Yeah. Kids are saying they are panicking about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're just too comfortable in our ways. We should be panicking. And there's a bunch of other, you know, that we haven't quite figured out how, what we do with the global inequality, where we always talk about global inequality as if it was among countries, but the global society's inequality is, if you see one global society, the whole thing is that it's, it's something that these apes that we are, we will not live by. I mean, if you put, if you start putting together all the people who are, who are the wealthiest people on the planet, from the wealthiest to second wealthiest, up until they own half of everything. They fit in the city bus. Mm. Yeah? They own half of everything. Mm -hmm. All the rest of us, in a, in a queue of city buses, that, that traffic jam would go around the planet 18 times. Mm. And, and those guys who own the other half fit, we are apes. <laughs> the only reason there's no global revolution is that we haven't we haven't processed this. Yeah. yeah? But like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like it's way higher than a place where there's not going to be a revolution. Yeah. 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 So there are a host of things that 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 require global governance. Mm -hmm. Maybe with the right kind of the wiring, it will be possible to generate collective action among this ridiculous large number of people. Yeah. <laughs> It's quite a task. It seems. I. I mean, if if you're if someone were to ask me, what do you do about this? I would say, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I mean, I can think of like small things to start. I'd be like, well, you just try to get the word out there and inform people, and if you just explained this to people in the right way then then they start to get it and then if they get it they'll they'll start cooperating around this logic and this irrational idea but i mean we've all I, I, we we just got uh we we just got like a very salient stress test uh with covid and i mean i saw up close exactly how people um, behaved in the lack of, there was some coordinated effort and some cooperation and, and things, but it, you know, it, it, I, I don't think it was, uh, I, I don't think it was like, oh, look, everyone's just going to start cooperating now because they all see this unified goal. And I, I can't think of a single, I can't think of a single threat or opportunity that would unify eight billion dollars or eight eight billion people rather i slightly disagree on the COVID point you think people cooperated quite a bit i mean i saw i i think i was pretty hopeful in the beginning i saw some cooperation in the beginning and things and i i don't know i so within a month well okay a month and a half yeah. 
the virus was was uh, sequenced. That's true. Uh, and uh, with all the new technologies, mm-hmm. vaccines were created. Seventy uh, plus labs around the planet, different vaccines with completely new technologies. Uh, the cooperation of computers and human computer chips and human brains, computer chip groups and human brain groups, because all of the modeling was on on computer chips. Uh, I think more than a hundred thousand scientific papers. So that was actually it gives a lot of hope, because within, I think the first first vaccine tests in Oxford were early September. And the vaccine mutated probably in November. Mm. In 10 months, people got vaccinated. Uh, We sort of got back to more or less to our normal lives with damage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and of course we learned a lot about, about, about some problems of cooperation. But if you, if you sort of step back a little bit, this was remarkable. I mean, we humans really rock. Yeah, I mean, there's no other species can come anywhere near. And actually, nowhere in human history up until, because if you think what was needed, yeah? You needed understanding the DNA. Rosalind Franklin and her colleagues, 1953, yeah? Like, not, not that long ago, yeah? We needed to have large computers, yeah? They're just the, the kind of computers that could calculate this. It's very recent, yeah? We need to understand the DNA, human DNA technology, yeah? 20 years ago, yeah? This is the first time that this kind of cooperation was really possible. Mm. And I think we, as in our species, came off with... I mean, let's say almost flying colors, A minus. <laughs> a minus. Yeah, a minus. You gave people an A minus. I, I give wow. the species A minus. The species A minus. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, to me, it sounds like you're talking about a very, very, very small, 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 small percentage of people that innovated solutions that were, in my view resisted against by a huge significant portion of i i think the the booster is has about a nine ten percent uptake or something like that in this country should be people lined around the block theoretically for a solution like that if, yeah. if <laughs> so that goes back to this question about Splitting networks yeah. and splitting tooth systems, knowledge systems. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that highlights another uh, this problem. Yeah, it, it highlights the question, question of wiring. Yeah. Because when we have we have communities, our communities automatically will create knowledge systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we now have some political manipulators, global level political manipulators that that hijack this ability of wiring. Uh, hijack. So if, if you think about it within this framework, what is a fake news? Yeah. What, so what happens is that when I live in a society in which I'm surrounded by friends, so I can choose them or lose them, but I need to be chosen as well. So if that friendship is based on similarity, 
Mm-hmm. I need to signal to my friends what my type is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There's the news news industry, formerly known as the news industry. Now, uh, type marker provides ser- service will bombard me with this incredibly large number of news items that all of them are markers, mm-hmm. type markers. Yeah. So I, I now suddenly I can show, here's my, here's my news, here's what I worry about, here's what I agree with. And there, social media is another industry which allows me to signal these types. Yeah. So suddenly I am comp- constantly given some type markers and on social media, I can signal this. Uh, 10 years ago, the people were not doing, not sharing news items. They were sharing clothing, fashion items, yeah? So you would go to Facebook. 10 years ago, for instance, there was a big global uh, uh, wave of showing your, your, your running shoes or your uh, uh, base, uh, basketball shoes as your profile picture, yeah? You're signaling something. And this process was then hijacked by these political manipulators. Mm that were able to give news items as a signal to your type within one side. Yeah. So the, and if you want to see this, you can ask yourself, what, is, what are the fake news, what kind of fake news have you been spreading? Yeah? Because it's very easy to tell, oh, you guys are spreading fake news. Because mm-hmm. you have been spreading, yeah? I regularly catch myself in, 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 in fake news, yeah? So, for instance, there are, a couple of years ago, the Amazonas was, uh, the forest in Amazonas was on fire, yeah? Mm-hmm. The rainforest was, on, and everywhere, I shared news on Facebook to my friends, the rainforest is on fire, yeah? Because I'm the kind of guy who wor- really worries about this, yeah? Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite stop to think, it's like, I worked in rainforests, they're wet. Mm. <laughs> What's happening here? And, I, and until, one of my colleagues who works on, on ecology, ecological modeling in Oxford pulled me aside and a bit embarrassedly said, you know that this is, this is, this is just a regular thing. It's not, it's not. And I was a little embarrassed. And then I shared it again. <laughs> yeah. By accident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By accident, because I'm the kind of guy who shares this. Right, right. Yeah. And we are full of this all the time. So if I ask you, okay, what did Donald Trump get right? And people's instinct is, what's what's your instinct? What did he get right? Uh, I mean, I I I I enjoyed his promotion of vaccines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be it. <laughs> I, I I mean I I mean I'm I'm sure there are other things that he got right along the way and I have a hard time seeing them. Middle East peace has been something president after president of this country broke their teeth in. Mm-hmm. Israel now has diplomatic relationships with a host of Middle Eastern countries including Saudi Arabia including the Emirates. Uh, and I'm, I'm not one for world affairs. Uh, I'm not particularly knowledgeable about world affairs, but, but were, were things declining in, in, um, in, in Middle East uh, r- relations before Trump took office, or were they moving toward um, cooperation already? There is both sides thought of each other very lowly. Mm-hmm. And... And the kind, the kind of peace that should be there 
was not achieved. Mm. There's a host of reasons. I mean, they, right, right. They're, they're both it's completely different. I mean, if you want to see somewhere where the knowledge system, the truth system is completely opposing, mm -hmm. it's one of those places, yeah? The reason I brought this up because it is, it is one of the ways we can search ourselves mm. for a fake news is that we identify our side. Right. Our side often has somebody who really, really dislike on the other side. Mm -hmm. We say, okay, and we ask ourselves, so what is it that they got right? Yeah. So the exercise itself, because we have the instinct to say nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And look at you like, like, are you a traitor? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> are yeah. Are you yeah. going to traitor? <laughs> yeah, right, right. And no, this is an exercise to to realize that this process is in all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of yeah. Anyway, so there's a long-winded answer to your global governance. Yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying. So what what as we wrap up. Uh -huh. um, so I gave you um, my predicament, which is I don't have a ready solution for how to wire up 8 billion people and get them to cooperate. I, I, I think that I, um, like I, I wouldn't give the COVID a response an A minus from the way that I perceived it. But, uh, and, and I have, I guess I have less of a, my, my hope is in in some like um, social innovations that take place much in the way that um, in behavioral economics was able to uh, was able to factor in human factors into our assessment of economics. I, I think that that needs to that that human factors need to be understood better in terms of um, the creating um, solutions to climate change, creating solutions to overpopulation, all of these things. And I think that's the trickiest. I, I think figuring out a vaccine, I think figuring out um, solutions for uh, you know, innovating better solar panels or uh, nuclear power plants or something like that. I think that all that's a piece of cake. I think getting humans to wire together and cooperate together is far more challenging than all of those other challenges. I agree. I agree. And, and, and you have an idea of how we wire together? No. Uh, we're messing around... So I have an instinct mm -hmm. about that this kind of wiring cannot be centrally organized. Mm -hmm. So for if you are, so I think the question itself is already interesting. You know, that, that, that we have these 8 billion people, seven, you know, soon 8 billion people. How do you wire them? Because there's a possibility to wire them. But people are not going to be, be friends with each other because some kind of global government told them to do this. Right. But, but we are actually community living and community generating apes. And we sort of, in these places, we forget, forgot how to do it. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know how to do it, but, but the stab that, that maybe we could have is to have 
new rituals. So we, with, with, with the decline of traditional supernatural narratives with imaginary agents, uh, we also sort of often leave behind the rituals that were associated with these different strains of religions. Mm -hmm. And those rituals were very important because very often they were the ones that created the community. So, so if you want to have some kind of low level wiring, maybe one way to approach it is to have to design some kind of ritual that's sort of the species ritual. Um, I'm messing around with one ritual, yeah? Uh, this, this is a very simple ritual and, and uh, it's still like a work in progress, but, but it seems to, it's a, it's a little ritual, it's a, it's a food chair. It's what you do before you sit down at the, at the table and eat, eat food. And the current version of the ritual is everybody turns to the, to, to the it go, we go around and we say a few words why this is important for us, why this food is important for us. We can try it tonight when we go out, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And so we all talk about it, why, a few words, why it's important for us. And then, and then before we get done to eating, in pairwise, we turn each, each, into each other, look into each other's eyes for 10, 10 seconds. And then we say to each other, first maybe in a common language, and then into, in our own language, saying that, Befogadlak, uh, I take you in. So I say it in, your, in our common language, I take you in. Mm -hmm. And then I say in my own language, Befogadlak. And then you say the same thing. Maybe you could try now. Befogadlak? Befogadlak. But in your, in our short, say on, Oh, I take you in. Uh, keep, keep the eye contact, yeah? I okay. take you in, yeah? And then this little thing, of going around, talking a, bit, a little bit about food, and then having this tiny, tiny little ritual, uh, it creates an instant, it reinvents food sharing, communal food sharing, but in a way that it can be then practiced, because we have a, a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a nar supernatural narrative, because we often tell how important this food is, and this, we'll have, we, we sort of create mini superheroes in them, yeah? Right, uh, right. Often we are the superheroes in them, yeah, or yeah. somebody around us. Uh, and then, and then we, we have a bond based on an oxytocin-based, this, this releases oxytocin, there's, there's the mechanism, yeah? And then when you, if you do that sort of the table, then when we eat, it's gonna be a different meal. And then people will stay around and, in my observation, often people sing some, something afterwards. So sort of, we, this is almost a key. So this is where it, it is so far, but it's very low level. Mm. And I'm not quite sure how to, how to do it high, how to scale it. But maybe one way to scale it is to, to have a holiday, which is a species level holiday, when we all do this. And, and just see where it goes. Mm. So I don't know how to wire, but maybe that would be like a, yeah, somewhere, I don't know. What do you I'm, think? I'm interested. I, I mean, I, I've been, uh, I'm, I, I've been trying to start a cult for a while, and so, uh, so I think what kind of cult? Uh, well, my my other show, Mind Under Matter, it's uh, it's 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 just very 
it's a very silly cult. We just keep on, we just keep on adding like little things to our, we have like little Pavlovian things that we do at the end of a episode and ring a bell and stuff. And, and we have like silly <laughs> cloaks that we wear sometimes. <laughs> and now people are like getting tattoos and stuff. And it's all silly because we, we, we usually like mock most cult-like behavior but ours is like just predicated on like wouldn't it just be silly to pretend we're a cult and just like it's a cult of just pretending to be a cult without actually like believing any of the things but like but unifying around the silliness of it all so so we are the kind of apes that have all these social buttons yeah i wonder whether it's impossible to pretend to be a cult because if you a lot of it is very superficial. So if you do the right kind of things, all of those right kind of things will push the button. Yeah. And then you are caught. Yeah, so yeah, caught, yeah. Caught but I, I want... Supernatural narrative is that... That you, you pretend to be... Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. But that's, a, that's well, what I'm going for. Exactly, it's the cult of exactly, fake exactly, cult. Exactly, exactly. And it, but then we would take the fakeness and the silliness uh -huh. of it very, very, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We, do so you have we, cult gatherings? Um, yeah, we have, we now have, uh, that's the festival I just uh -huh. put together was uh -huh. the mind under matter uh -huh. camp out festival. Uh -huh. And we had like rituals. So we, we built a outhouse in the middle of the camping field. There was porta potties <laughs> and everything else, but we built a huge wood <laughs> together a as a community. <laughs> and then at the end of the festival, we burnt it and, uh, with a flamethrower <laughs> actually. And, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, we have lots of we have lots of like weird little they just happen over time. Like uh, once in a while we'll just like pick up on something silly and then we're like, "Oh, we're integrating that now into into a part of our community thing, like little things that we call each other and stuff." So, I I've always been I've always been like for finding ridiculous ways of like a, a way of a way of bonding without dogma but with yeah. like the dogma being silliness and not taking itself overly seriously yeah. like can you believe we're doing this kind of silliness yeah. so but i i mean uh i'm i'm a long ways from being in danger of of any kind of uh mass um <laughs> mass of popularity or something it takes off lose. so who knows oh thank you so much <laughs> you as well tomas no no thank you thank you so much i take you in i take you guys in thank you all thank you. such wonderful listeners and viewers for being such smart interesting uh, curious people and we'll see you next week. <laughs>